Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake. My name is Pete Selby and alongside me here at the King Power Stadium, just after Leicester have beaten Newcastle by one goal to nil, it's Mr Rob Hayes. Yeah, the lawnmowers are out on the pitch. It always amazes me how they do the lawnmowing straight after the match, but we are here soaking in the last dregs of the atmosphere at the King Power as the remaining stands empty here, reflecting on another... Leicester City 1-0 win we're becoming quite the specialists at that it's all about the three points though Leicester are now five points clear at the top of the league after Tottenham Hotspur's uh, 2-0 victory away at uh, Villa a poor Villa as we all know on Sunday the day before this game and like you said it's about 10 minutes after the final whistle there are still supporters just milling away from the ground just uh, going into the concourse area and uh, the mowers have retreated to, towards the south stand so that's a, a further away from our commentary position here so, Rob, we're doing this for various reasons. We mentioned on the last episode that uh, we've got quite a lot of uh, going on in the next week or so. So, the, the initial reactions after the game, the all-important three points, we'll just go straight to the goal. An over kick from Shinji Okazaki. What a goal. We do the audio description commentary service here at the King Power Stadium and we're supposed to be impartial, aren't we, Pete? Supposed to be, yeah. That's well, why don't you tell for fuck's sake, listeners, exactly what you did when Shinji Okazaki stuck that overhead kick in? Well, I stood up and I shook my fist, and then I shook my other fist, and I mouthed a few words. And I saw a friend of mine actually, who was just in front down here, um, my friend Lalo, and uh, he turned around and like, yeah, and uh, I turned around and you weren't standing up. I know we're meant to be impartial, but what a goal! An overhead kick. It's not often you see an overhead kick. And it's not often you see him go in the back of the net. And I'm glad for Shinji Okazaki. He's, he's made a, a career at Leicester so far of being uh, scrappy, uh, with good control, getting in there, um, kind of trying to break up play as well. But this was the first real quality goal we've seen from him. He had a good shot and a good goal away at, um, away at Everton. But he's made a bit of a career of scrappy goals, one going on off his arse, off his knee, off his chin, whatever. Um, but this time it was an overhead kick, a, a, a word about possibly an offside for Jamie Vardy on the far post. He got up well, did Vardy, headed back across the face of goal, six yards out, overhead kick into the bottom corner. The place went absolutely apoplectic fantastic goal um, not the greatest of games no it wasn't and, and Newcastle came out of the blocks firing and we expected them to because uh, they're buoyed by the fact that they've got a new manager in and it's, a, it's for me it's one of the most inspiring relegation fight managerial appointments in a long long time because there's a real danger when you're in a relegation scrap and you sort of panic with 10 games to go and sack the manager that there's nobody better out there but to pluck the man that was just at the Galacticos of Real Madrid to come to St James's Park uh, under an absolutely crazy owner in Mike Ashley it's a massive risk for Rafa Benitez it's a big coup for Newcastle and you could see that those players wanted it here tonight they, they, they really did they started very well they're quite a big tall team and, and, and we've got aggressive players you're looking at Wijnaldum Sissoko they like to get in there and make forward runs every time they laid off the ball in the centre of the park they then carried on the run towards the edge of the penalty area it was just that final ball or final through ball that didn't really work out for Newcastle but they started well buoyed by their new manager 
future. And like you said, Benitez, what an appointment. I mean, let's just say that they actually survived this season. Now, what a chance to then build for the future with Benitez in charge. Everyone knows the quality of the club, the support and the stadium, etc. And he said it's an old-fashioned English club, uh, one of the big English clubs that's, uh, as we all know, been struggling for years and years and years through various reasons. Is he the man to keep them up? Possibly, possibly not. But this is an appointment for hopefully he can and then build into the future. So real hope, not just from the appointment of Benitez, but from the team today. Um, I thought they performed admirably. They're missing a centre forward. They've got tall Mitrovic up front, who's handled very well by the City defence. He's not um, a goal scorer, though, is he? He's Mitrovic? not a goal scorer. There was a chance around about five or six minutes to go where the ball got played across towards the penalty spot on his own, on his right foot. Just take a swing at it, son. Score a goal. Get your name in the paper. What did he do? Lay it back off for, for Sim Diong, and the chance went begging. Any striker with even half a bit of confidence would have taken a shot there. Yeah, they, they'd wrap their, their foot around it. It sat up nicely, as you say. They could have taken it on the half turn, got a shot on target. But as you say, he just let, laid it off and laid it off relatively badly for Sim Diong, who was coming in um, on, on the half, uh, just a half a yard behind him and couldn't really get it out of his feet, couldn't make the desired connection. But uh, Iose Perez looked lively but didn't look a goal scorer. They have all sorts of striking options on the bench in. Um, in Riviere, they brought Dumbier on, who's apparently worth 15 million euros, but Roma don't rate him. They keep farming him back off on loan to his old club, CSK in Moscow. He came on, didn't really have time to make much of an impact. Newcastle created some good positions, some good opportunities, but really just didn't have the quality in the final third. That's right. Uh, to start with the game, I mean, they made two substitutions, uh, Anita and Mitrovic coming in. John Joe Shelby retained the captaincy, something which was up in the air possibly with the new manager coming in. Would he retain the captaincy? Would it go back to Steven Taylor or another senior player? Uh, Leicester were unchanged, as you would expect. Okazaki retaining the number 10 role, away from maybe a Leonardo Rogero who could maybe have come in. Uh, he, when he did come on, played extremely well. But the game started with, uh, like I said, it was Newcastle who had the best of the opening five or ten minutes or so. Uh, really started well. Leicester took a while, and it took a long time for uh, players like Drinkwater and Golo Kante to get into the game. But once they did, what a performance from both of them, especially Kante. I mentioned uh, on com that uh, he had the most interceptions in the Premier League this season. And again, just getting his foot in there, poking it away from players. Maybe not keeping control of the ball, but he didn't need to. Just disrupting the Newcastle flow. Um, after, like I said, 15, 20 minutes, Leicester got into the game, controlled the game better. And then once they went in front, I thought, here we go. Let's build from this. Let's really push on. But they didn't quite have the same composure and uh, deliver the same final ball or maybe have possession in the final third like we've seen in recent games or re recently this season. I think if they'd have gone 1-0 up against Steve McLaren's Newcastle that could have opened the floodgates and we could have been oh, seeing, they would have folded. We could have been seeing 3-4-5-0 quite easily yes. and they would have backed off and backed off and allowed Leicester that but they kept an intensity. Benitez was directing the specific movements of every single one of his individual players from the technical area knew exactly what he wanted from everybody. Steven Taylor, 30 years old bags of Premier League experience in him. He was telling him to move two yards to the left and then as soon as he did, he was winning a header from the, the ball forward by Kasper Schmeichel. Benitez is a coach of huge experience, wanting to coach each individual. It's going to take him a bit of time to get his ideas across, but judged on tonight's performance, I think they're going to be real contenders to push Sunderland and Norwich to... to 
to save themselves. The, the, the th- same thing happened as has happened in, in a number of home games where, again, a lot of possession has gone to uh, the uh, opposition. But once they've got around 30, 35 yards from goal, they've not really had the final ball into the box but because they've been well marshaled by the Leicester defence. A special mention has to go to Danny Timpson. One very important header late on. It was a diagonal ball into the penalty area where Mitrovic had a chance to attack it. Rather than the ball going towards himself so he doesn't have to move, it was a ball in front of him, attack the ball Mitrovic, He's about, he must have six or seven inches on Danny Simpson, who threw himself in front of it, got a head on a ball, a fantastic interception. Once again, handling that big man at the far post, just like we thought that Daniel Marty might be coming, coming on for that sort of reason, or even starting to add a bit of height into the defence. Ajoa came on, performed very well. Schlupp didn't really have a chance on the far side, um, on the left-hand side. A couple of times it bombed off his knee. One thing he did do, though, was keep the ball very well in the corner for the last five minutes. How, and you as, lied on commentary and said you loved <laughs> to see that I said that with about 89 minutes on the clock Leicester wandered over to the far corner from our position here at the King Power Stadium and Schlupp was holding on to it for as long as he could Mares got involved Ajoa got involved it was not pretty but it did while away Newcastle didn't get the ball out of their corner flag for at least two or three minutes there. I, I, said, I, I said I'm loving it the fact that he's in that corner doing that job holding the ball for about four minutes or so that's exactly what I wanted to see that's exactly what Leicester needed as well so a fantastic three points for City not a great performance um, going through the team Schmeichel commanded his area well good punch out under under a bit of pressure for one uh, the back four immense once again Fuchs performing well at left back the two centre halves just like all season fantastic yeah handled Mitrovic very oh, well yeah. and, and handled runners from midfield as well which is another bonus obviously Kante and Drinkwater did their jobs but when, there's always a danger when you're playing two centre halves and the, the opposition are only playing re- really one out and out striker you can get a little bit preoccupied with him and forget to pick up the runners that are coming beyond him Wijnaldum did that in the first half when Perez dropped in centrally when Townsend came on he did that in the second half trying to get in behind Mitrovic and Huth and Morgan dealt well with the physicality of Mitrovic but were also really alert to the deeper runs as well yes yeah, so the two midfielders like I said got into the game after about 10 or 15 minutes out wide on the right you've got all Brighton or sorry on the left Left or Brighton. On the right, you've got Marys. Marys, it wasn't really his day. A couple of nice touches, flicks, uh, a couple of nice through balls as well, but it didn't quite land for him in the penalty area. A couple of shots on goal went wide. All Brighton, after half an hour, driving towards the edge of the penalty area in a central position, a right footed shot just inches wide of the right hand upright. Uh, very unlucky a good effort on goal I think if that went in the back of the net that's the floodgates opening you would think so yeah and it was uh, you were half out of your chair again most of the King Power crowd (laughs) were were, were cheering already it it was someone I saw just down there I just just stood up just to see yeah I just wanted to say hello rubbish absolute rubbish I, I get excited I know we're meant to be impartial but on commentary it's fine it's just that the actions are there but obviously on com they can't see that because obviously they're around the stadium it's a good job we're not on video well that's a good point one of these days when we actually do record it for a video just to see what what the reactions are then uh, I might have to tone it down nobody wants to see our ugly mugs anyway no not really podcast only we won't go into a vlog just yet so second half Fuchs had a free kick after 50 minutes uh, right on the edge of the area Vardy got brought down again a a clever play by Vardy because he kind of brought the free kick as well it was a free kick he got charged in by Yanmat and uh, Fuchs had a free kick from all of 20 yards not even that 18 and a half yards uh, over the top of the crossbar but then after that again they never really looked they were under pressure Leicester they were but again you didn't have that feeling you looked up at the clock and oh it's 82 minutes 
it wasn't like it was a siege. No, there wasn't that barrage that you'd expect, was there? Especially with, with the fact that they got Mitrovic up there. They brought Dumbier on. Sissoko's six foot plus. You'd expect them to just ping some long balls up. But instead, they went down the right-hand side through Townsend, who I thought looked quite lively when he came on uh, and, and caused Fuchs a few problems and was quite direct oh, Townsend. Yes. Uh, but How, why he didn't start? How did, he, how did Andros Townsend? He was start? just coming back from an injury in this game, so maybe he wasn't. He'll be starting. He'll be starting next game. You would imagine so with the impact that he had coming oh, on. Yes. Yeah, but uh, probably didn't want to risk him. But yeah, like you say, there wasn't anything where the long ball was coming in. I was um, Rob Elliott's kicks are a good 15, 20 yards shorter than Casper Schmeichel's as well. So even that couldn't put too much pressure on. We're just seeing the Sky Sports footage on our monitor here in the commentary position of Okazaki's goal again. Maris free kick up, headed away, breaks on the corner of the penalty area. They've done the offside line and Vardy, the entirety of the right-hand side of his body is offside when that ball comes in. Good header though by Vardy to win that header, to get the ball back into play. It came actually off just the top of his shoulder battling with Colback, who was playing as a makeshift centre uh, left back. But a great overhead kick. That's that's a yeah. good one. Yeah. That's a good that's a good overhead kick. There's so, a lot of Far Eastern press here in the King Power Stadium now and um with obviously the uh the, the King Power link, the tie owners and uh, Shinji Okazaki adding another a sort of Asian country to that as well and they went absolutely bonkers on the row in front of us didn't they when Shinji Okazaki scored absolutely bonkers oh yes there's a chap just down from his hair who's a actual spit an image for Gus Hiddink I don't know whether that's him or not he's just gone down there but uh, obviously for the podcast listeners out there he might <laughs> oh, wait, he's on the phone he's on the phone we, we don't play Chelsea yet so maybe that maybe to play Newcastle I'll point him out in a minute but no the uh, the mowers are now retreating away to the the right hand side towards the cop end so they've died down a bit and stewards uh, are doing their rounds to check all the rows make sure nothing's been left behind uh, one thing we've got obviously the best and the worst 11 now we've not really spoken about this um in fact, actually, that bloke is definitely not Gus Hiddink. He looks more like Joe Pasquale. So, <laughs> so maybe in a few years, Joe Pasquale will move into look like uh, Gus Hiddink. But it'll be on it. It'll be back in a minute. So, best and worst eleven. Now, we've not, as you can tell, we've not actually spoke about this podcast at all. We've just done it straight away um, after the game. Anyone on the Newcastle team would go into either the best or worst eleven. Um, a good, solid overall performance. I can't think of anyone to mind for the worst 11 uh, there's one player in particular who I don't like and that's Victor Anita uh, the, the small number 8 Vernon Vernon Anita what a Victor well Anita Victor, anyway Vernon. He's, he's not very good if you look at our diminutive midfielder compared to him there's there's no comparison absolutely at all. not no um, I thought he had a poor game um yeah, it doesn't tend to start usually. No, it, it's poor, usually, poor player. usually Colback and Shelby in centre midfield, but obviously Colback had to go back to left back today because of uh, uh, a lot of defensive injuries for Newcastle. But as you say, he just sort of popped around a little bit, didn't really contribute anything on the ball, wasn't particularly effective off it. He, he was just a bit of a non-entity in there and made Shelby probably work extra hard. Yep, the, the mowers are coming this end again. Um, you can yeah, hear them. It's a shame about... John Joe Shelby really because I wanted to put him in the worst but obviously he, he didn't have the, the best of games didn't have the worst of games so I can't really think of anyone for the best for the worst I will throw a Anita out there w what do you think am I fishing a bit just for someone to add in there you probably are I mean I wasn't as unenthused by his performance as you but I wouldn't disagree with him going in there uh, I don't think Daryl Yamat's anywhere near the international footballer no. that his CV suggests they're just a, a, a poor team they've got good players but they are a poor team and obviously that is what Leicester are they are a team tell you what we will do we'll throw it over to the listeners 
listeners out there, if you thought anyone deserves to be in the best or the worst 11 of the season, you know what we do out there, then please get in contact via all the means, which we'll say at the end of the end of the uh, podcast. So do you think any Newcastle player deserves to go in the best or the worst 11 of the season? I'm going to possibly suggest Anita. Right, so we've uh, wrapped up the Newcastle game here on this cold Monday evening at the King Power Stadium. Another 1-0 win for Leicester. Next up, an out-of-form Crystal Palace. Another glorious opportunity to add three more points to the kitty. It is. Away at Palace. Palace have been struggling of late in the league, dropping like an absolute stone. But the problem with Palace is that they are now in the FA Cup semi-final. They're in the FA Cup semi-final. That's going to boost the team up. It's going to give them a real sense of purpose and confidence. But of course, one thing I will remind everyone is Alan Pardew after the game. What happened after the game at the King Power Stadium? Somehow he got in an argument with Claudio Ranieri, Mr. Nice Guy, who everyone Has loves in the Has anybody ever league. had an argument with Claudio? And, 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 and he's fell out with him and he says, just wait until we come back to Sellers Park. Now, obviously, this was when Palace were playing well. Um, so whether he's going to try and cause some kind of rift between the two teams and maybe that's one way of getting out of this rut that Palace are in but they are a dangerous team I watched the game on Friday away at Reading um, even though Reading are a bang average championship team but they we all know what Palace are about attacking wingers Balassi is now back he's the main reason why they fell down the league in such spectacular uh, style um, Pardew's not everyone's cup of tea I think he's very arrogant very smug uh, and I like but he nothing. does a good job, doesn't he? Well, I mean, he, no, he does a good job for a while, yeah, and then he can't stop a slide. He can't stop he, a team. He doesn't seem going to be able to league. do that. But just look how much Newcastle have struggled since Pardew went. They, he, they hated him when he was there, and as soon as he's left, they've been through a couple the, of managers. They've the grass is not always greener. No, it's not. It really isn't. And yeah, yeah, he rubs a lot of people up the wrong way, including his own set of supporters. But he, he is a decent manager in parts, and as you say, that win in the cup will give them a bit of a boost. Maybe they'll just try and limp over the. Uh, the, the, the finishing line at the end of this Premier League season because there's not a huge amount to play for for them no. maybe they concentrate on the cup now but as you say it could be a boost because they were on an absolutely diabolical I think they got into double figures without a win and the one I mean at one point they were pushing for possible Europe and Champions League but obviously they fell away um, the one thing we'll have to watch obviously is the, the, the fantastic atmosphere at Sellers Park <laughs> Basically, there's 50 lads in the corner who's just <laughs> just finished school and they've uh, just turned up with a few flags. Compared to the King Power crowd, it's absolutely nothing. So uh, I'm not going there. I will be going on holiday on that day. So I will be uh, from afar. But uh, a difficult game. Again, it's something that a, a game Leicester can go and win. They can go and beat anyone in his league wherever they play. The way that they're going. But a difficult game. I think it's going to be tight. I don't think there's going to be many goals in there. And I think one nil could be another victory for Leicester. You reckon four one nils in five games? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Are you, are you happy with one nil? Do you care between now and the end of the season how well we play? Uh, no, it's all about the points. Yeah, it's all about the points. You get to a certain point in the season where you're going right. We need to start playing well. Once we're playing well, then results will then follow, etc., etc., etc. I hope the uh, helicopter's on its way. This is good timing. This is great timing. Here we are, as uh, the listeners will know, the Leicester City owners like to depart the King Power Stadium via helicopter. Uh, as we say, we are doing this podcast from our commentary position straight after the Newcastle game. Here it comes. It's about quarter past ten on Monday night and the noise is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. It's not come into view yet, past the stand. Here it is. It's blue and white in the, in the colours of Leicester City. This is some sort... 
normally only get to see this on Remembrance fixture. But this is my, for me. It's my helicopter. I've got to go. It's not for the owners. It's for me. Pete Selby, star of For Fox Sake, is getting in the helicopter. No, he's not getting in the helicopter. <laughs> this one is, day, one day. This is making an absolute racket. Pete, get a picture. Get this on Twitter. God, my phone's broke. Pete's phone's broke. Smartphone gloves aren't working, but the it's got LCFC written across the top underneath the rotating blades as it lands in the centre circle. The groundsmen have to do a quick job here, don't they, to get the pitch mode before the before the um, helicopter arrives. Hey, now we could have solved the uh, the mystery of why they mow the the ground so quickly. Everyone is now taking photos of the uh, of the chopper. We'll get back to the preview of the. Uh, Crystal Palace game. So I'm thinking a very low scoring game once again. They keep going to keep it tight. They're not involved in many uh, with many goals on Crystal Palace. So as the uh, engines turned off, thankfully. Ooh, thank my <laughs> voice for that. <laughs> if, if you couldn't hear any of the last two minutes, don't worry about it. But uh, no, a very tight game. Um, an interesting game as well. Like I said, Balassi is a big factor in the game. Keep him quiet. Keep him and Zaha. How Zaha, I've mentioned before, how he's got anywhere near the England squad, I have no idea. Fantastic player. Obviously, the end product sometimes is lacking, but a fantastic player that we need to keep a watch of. But I'm going for a very low-scoring game, and why not go for 1-0, because it's treated as well so far. Would you start the same eleven that started again? We said Ajoa was potentially in line for a, yeah. for a start, and you've got Amati, who might add a bit more physicality defence, although Simpson had a good game. It's up to Ranieri but I would stick with the same team why I mean the only person that you would think would be uh, possibly up for grabs the place would be the number 10 role but Shinji Okazaki how can you drop him after scoring an overhead kick in a 1-0 win uh, you said about Armati but possible man of the match Danny Simpson performing admirably against 6 foot whatever Mitrovic you're going to have to start him so why change I think the only change would be if there's any injuries to the team and nothing seemed obvious for any of the replacements coming off um, so I will go with exactly the same team it's a system that they're happy with as well isn't it everybody oh, yeah. knows their jobs from the start and then Ranieri is quite happy to take stock at half time if there is um, if there is a change that needs making he'd, he'd rather do it then than change before the match he likes to set up same 11 same system Okazaki just off Vardy and 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 start the game like that and address any potential issues during the match rather than beforehand. Trying to preempt anything. Exactly. So we're going to go to Sellers Park full of confidence. Five points clear at the top of the Premier League. I mean, we've, we've gone through another podcast and we've, we've done two, probably the last two now. And we've not really mentioned you know the the league in, in, in itself Do you know about actually what one, one game happen. after the other exactly we've not really gone really kind of like emotional and kind of you know what could happen I didn't know you were capable of emotion well we just, just you wait <laughs> just, just wait but like, it's going to be tears oh, if we win it oh dear but we are now eight games remaining eight yeah eight games remaining it's getting to that stage now where it really is on I mean I know that sounds silly because of course it's on we've been top for a long time but there's eight games remaining it's uh, it's getting to that stage where we're going to be spending ten minutes at the start of each podcast just pinching each other and saying you know this is actually going on in front of us it's getting closer and it's closer it's getting closer and closer and the more one nil wins the more belief and the belief in the team not the forwards not Mares and Vardy, who scored loads and loads of goals and are going to be up for individual awards. Not Kante in the midfield. But for me, it's the defence. That unit that drives 
the team that the rock that, that the, the team is built on it's their belief all these one nils what that does for the confidence of the defence they must walk out onto the field of play and look at each other and punch each other in the chest and say no one's coming past us no one's coming past us and we're going to give it to the magician up top or the magicians up top I mean again we're not going to mention what could happen because there's still eight games to go but it is getting closer and it's going to come to a stage where we're going to just have to really address it and say we are you know now we are now odds on to win the league so oh my god you know what 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 we're going to do I mean I'm going to have to have a fortnight off work the parade I'm going to have to have my own parade it's going to, it's going to be unbelievable you know eight games yet don't eight, get ahead I know of I know I don't want to get ahead of myself but it's getting to that territory right now and I'm sure everyone's thought about it you know whether they've seen the league table whether someone said something or whether they've seen someone wearing a Leicester shirt or whether they've heard a song you know <clears throat> we are the champions or something like that and it's just <laughs> they've been driving the car this has happened to me the last week I've, I've, I've heard the odd song I've seen Leicester shirt and the first thing I've gone oh Christ we are nine games now eight games away from winning the league it is on it really is on and I know we all know this but we're going to have to start saying it um, anyway before we babble on for much longer we'll just round up the podcast the one thing I will say we've had a few people get in contact on our MLS hunt for a um, for a team to support oh, yeah. who are we um, supporting have we decided well, yet are we gonna... no I mean we've got a few in the uh, a few mentioned I've got a basketball team they are top by a long way and they're brilliant the uh, Golden State Golden Warriors. State Warriors yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I've not got to hand who sent it in it was uh I, I, we will do it on the next podcast because all of our equipment's just broke here. My camera, my phone's gone. But um, yeah, we've got the Golden State Warriors. We've got a sport because apparently they came from nowhere and went pretty much undefeated all season and won the. They uh, won it last year, didn't yeah, they? and won yeah. the league. So um, that's been put forward. So out there, like we say we've got a lot of American listenership. Um, if you have got an MLS team, because the season's just started, that's why we're doing this. Uh, we need someone to support because we have a lot of listeners out in America first of all hello and make sure you spread the word about for fuck's sake so to round up this podcast get in contact with the show about anything to do with the game today about the game on Saturday against uh, Crystal Palace um, regarding the MLS or any team you want uh, us to support or anything you want to get in contact with use the hashtag or not the hashtag use Twitter at FFSpod at FFSpod go on Facebook and just type in the search bar for fuck's sake podcast join the group Click share as well, so share it with your friends, and then we can get in contact that way. For Podcast at gmail.com is the email. Uh, looking over out under the King Power now, uh, the groundsmen have, uh, they're starting to prod the ground with the forks around the helicopter. Um, no one's made the way to it. That's meaning they're just having a closer look at it. Like they don't see it enough. Mm. Why, why are there five groundsmen in the centre circle? Anyway. It's, 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 it's interesting doing this podcast just after. Um, it's completely unscripted, as you know, for fuck's sake, but doing it from this commentary position, it's a bit of an emergency because I can't do it through Cheltenham Festival and Vegas next week. We are in discussions between myself and Rob Hayes. That's me. Yes, that's you. Yeah, we're um, going to try and set up gonna, some kind of link yeah, some kind after of the Palace game to Vegas, get Pete in Vegas. But we'll have, Vegas to, to Leicester we'll have to get him sober podcast. and not in a casino. So <laughs> we might struggle for that. If, so we, can no get, if we can get Wi-Fi while you're sober and out of a casino, then we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, we'll try. And, we'll get your thoughts regardless. You'll, you'll manage to watch it somewhere, hopefully. That's yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to see the game. Um, I will be posting on uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, with the 1989 Leicester shirt. So, uh, so that's going on. So make sure you get in contact. If you're over 
over in Vegas and you are listening to this, then uh, definitely get in contact. Let's go for a beer. But uh, so from myself and Rob, it's uh, goodbye for now. We will be back with the next podcast soon. Uh, stay in contact. And uh, from the King Power Stadium, from the commentary position in the King Power Stadium, up in the West End, it's uh, goodbye from me. Good night.